thank you so much for joining us today on episode number 56 of the Real Life Runners podcast. Today we are going to be talking about pep talks and inspirational speeches and some of those little tools that we runners use to help pump ourselves up and motivate us to do our best. What are the benefits of using those tools and what might be some of the dangers or downfalls? This is the Real Life Runners Podcast, and we're your hosts, Kevin and Angie Brown. Thanks for spending some time with us today. Now let's get running. So last weekend we had a huge cross-country meet. It's one of our bigger ones of the season. Yeah, there's hundreds of teams that come to Central Florida for this huge Florida runners meet every year. Two days, kids from elementary school through college, it's massive. Yeah, and we bring our varsity team, and it's an overnight meet where they can stay in a hotel, and so it's a lot of fun for the kids, and not at all stressful for Kevin and I. No, not at all. <laughs> and the night before the race, we, we break off and we have our team meetings and it's a time where I'm always trying to decide what kind of inspirational talk might mm-hmm. be appropriate at the time. Yeah, it's a tough water to navigate sometimes because you want, as a coach, you want to feel like you're contributing to the success of your athletes. Like something that we say or do is helping to helping our athletes to push themselves to a higher level. Well, I mean, it's it's the thought that if there's anything that you could do that might get them just that little bit farther, right. you want to at least provide that for them. Right. And especially as high school kids too, you know, I mean, when you're coaching kids, I mean, they're really children still at this point and they're still forming their whole <laughs> sense of self. What are you laughing at? After several hours on the bus, I'm pretty sure they're all clearly children. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. When they all showed up in costumes, but you know, you have to, we have to be very cognizant of what we say to these kids and how we say it to these kids too. I, I know I am constantly aware of this because I just think to myself, these are kids and they are still forming their sense of self and their identity and things that I can say can really make or break this kid. I mean, maybe that's putting too much um, authority on me. Like, I don't want to make it sound like that, but I mean, I remember in high school, certain things that people said to me, I mean, I can very clearly remember some things. And as a coach, this is, this is one of the things that, that shows up is, yeah. you know, coaches have an impact. They have an impact on the the big picture of the season, what the workouts are. They start with the mental training and it gets to the point where the coach really starts feeling like they are an indispensable part of what's going to happen in the race. Right. And that's a dangerous place to put ourselves. That's a dangerous place to put the coach yeah. because I mean, I've, I've cheered next to coaches and you can just tell by the, the f- way that they're phrasing certain things as their athlete runs by that they're pretty confident that what they're saying is the sole reason that that kid is going to run fast or not run fast. Right. And that's clearly <laughs> not the case. It's just not. No. There's so many things that go into runner running and most runners do know how to push themselves. Sometimes, sometimes I question it at the high school level. I'm not going to lie. You know, when these runners come back and I clearly know they did not try hard enough on their workout and others of them push themselves too hard on what's what has been told this is an easy recovery day and they come back and they're like oh i ran with that kid and i'm like well that's the Why second fastest that? kid on the team yeah. what what did you do um so but runners tend to know how to find that like that extra oomph like they they know how to push 
not always at the right time, not always consistently, but they can push. Right. But I think that's one of the hard things too, coaching at the high school level is you're trying to teach these kids how to do that. You're trying to teach them these different levels because they don't even know what these levels are. I mean, even veteran runners don't, you know, we've found in, in our coaching and just our experience with other runners, uh, people don't know these different levels. Like we've talked about before, they don't know easy, moderate, hard. Like sometimes those levels aren't always easy to find. So, and especially with high school runners, you know, they don't really necessarily know how to do it. I mean, with, with all runners trying to figure out what those different paces, even if runners that have been going for a long time, especially veteran runners who pretty much consistently head out the door and run based off of how they feel on that day. Mm-hmm. I felt pretty good, so I pushed a little faster. I didn't feel that good, so I went a little slower. Mm-hmm. Like, they're not trying to hone into what those paces are, what those effort levels are. They just kind of go. Yeah. So, yeah, the athlete is in charge. Like, it's really, it's not the coach. Like, the coach kind of guides, they they suggest some things they steer through rough patches but Mm -hmm. the athlete really is in charge and the coach is more of a a a guideline along the path right and that's definitely how we like to look at coaching I think that not all coaches share that philosophy some like you said some of the other people that we coach alongside definitely put a lot of pressure on their kids and it sounds very personal with some of the things that they say like when they said you're letting me down or things like that you know some of you're quitting on me right i i I heard that one multiple times this weekend don't quit on me right don't quit on me like it's not about you (laughs) you know as the coach it's not about you it's about the athlete and it's our job as coaches to help those athletes find that extra thing within themselves it's not our like it's not in us no because it's it's the athlete that has to go out there and actually run the workout Mm -hmm. it's the athlete who's out there making sure that they're eating the right foods that they're getting enough sleep that they're recovering appropriately right they're doing all of the extra little things Mm -hmm. the coach i mean especially when when we're coaching people online yeah. or when we're coaching these high school kids, we get them for a brief period. And yeah. online, we get some, like, some interaction. Right, but you don't know everything that's going on in that person's life. Like, even if you do know some, you don't know everything. No. Definitely not. And so as a coach, it's our job to suggest best practices, right? Like, it's t- our job to say, okay, these are the workouts that you should be running. This is the maybe the nutrition that you should be starting to experience experiment with and you need to be getting more sleep you need to be hydrating these are all the suggestions and the best practices that we advocate all the time obviously but I know that it's one of the angles we take with our athletes a lot because they're like coach what should I eat you know like we get that a lot what should I eat before the race and I said well what have you eaten before did that work for you did that not work for you I said because you're, you're everybody's... so good at that they ask the question and you immediately question back to them I have I turn it right back on them you know because I have to like I don't know your stomach right you know and I said one of the girls one of our freshmen this year she was so cute she I asked her what she ate before the race and she told me that she had a smoothie and I said and how did you feel and she said oh it it was good I felt good she goes so I'm gonna have that from now on I go that's good I said you sound like coach brown now I said coach brown has been eating a bagel with jelly on it ever since he was in high school yeah I mean that you found what worked for you and you never strayed from it why do I need to sp- stray from it if I know that that works like, for did me? You ever, like, you've never even tried anything else. I have tried a few other things. Have you? N- 
on like on training runs i've experimented with a few other things okay. but if in doubt that's my that's my go to. Well, and that's good. You know, it's it's good that you always have a fallback. That's that's the way yeah. I look at it. And it's a, it's an easy fallback. Mm-hmm. You know, if if we're out of town, you yeah. know, we go to we go to whatever race out of town. Right. I can I can come up with a half a bagel or mm-hmm. some toast or something that's essentially bread yeah. and put some jelly on it and yeah. I'm I'm good to go. And you're good, right? That's that's why it's my thing also is it's it's real easy to come up with. Mm-hmm. Right, but it's very important, in my opinion, to always remind the athlete that this is a huge experiment. The food, the, you know, everything about running is a huge experiment. What should I do? You know, I mean, we talked about that a couple episodes ago. What should I do? Yeah. And it's like, okay, you got to pick something and you got to try it out and we'll see how it works for you. And if that doesn't work, then we're going to try something else. And as your coach, it's my responsibility to help guide you and to suggest maybe, but it's not my job to dictate what's going to happen. And I talk to this, like my, my clients that I have, like my nutrition clients and other people that I'm helping with, you know, just their health in general general it's it's all a huge experiment and I try to make that very clear at the beginning like I'm not the kind of coach that's going to give you a meal plan and this plan and that plan and say this is exactly what you need to do follow it to the T and you'll get all the results like that's not what I'm going to do and if that's what you want I'm not who you want no I think I mean and I think you're with me on this one that the best coaching setup the best coaching and athlete coaching and, and client relationship is more of a partnership it's exactly. more it's a mentorship mm-hmm. rather than a dictatorship mm-hmm. you know and even even with these kids you know we're dealing with like 16 17 year old kids if they come up and they're like coach I talked to some of the other kids on the team. We're all still spent from the workout two days ago. Yeah. I don't think we can hit it again hard today. Mm-hmm. Then we're going to need another recovery day. Thank you for talking to me. Yeah, exactly. You know, that happened last last season during during the track season. The mm-hmm. kids came up and they're like, there's no way we can do a workout today. Mm-hmm. I, I know you have one planned. It's not going to work. Yeah, and, and that's fantastic, especially at the high school level, for them to be able to realize that and do it with good reason, not just because they're being lazy. No. You know, it's because they physically know that they're not going to be able to do what you're going to ask of them to do. And that's exactly what it was. They're like, we can do it, but we're not going to be able to hit the times you're putting out there. And and on that particular workout, I was really going for times. I'm like, okay, well, we we don't have a meet coming this weekend, so we can put in an extra day. We'll just push the workout till tomorrow. Mm -hmm. It'll be fine. Yeah. And I think that viewing the coach-athlete relationship as that kind of partnership is it can be a tricky one you know we talked about that back in July in one of our episodes the one that we filmed on vacation (laughs) Um, but it's definitely something that sometimes takes a little bit longer I think to to see results but once you start to see them then it's exponentially better I mean it's it's a very tricky relationship because you still want the coach to be this person that that the athletes looking up to that they're seeing as as a mentor some sort of authority figure yeah there has to be an authority figure like okay you know what you're talking about Mm -hmm. but since everything is an experiment it's like all right you know what you're talking about but there's still a giant question mark on everything yeah you just might be able to guide better with what these results are Mm -hmm. well because as the coach you've also had experience with lots of different kinds of athletes and so you might not know exactly what works for that person but chances are you've had someone similar to that person so you you kind of know okay if if 
there's path A, B, C, and D. Maybe we should follow path B for a little while because I think that's probably going to be the best thing for you. And maybe we get partway down it. We might have to veer off and change course a little bit if it's, that's not working. But you kind of have a better idea of where to start someone and, and how to progress them. Yeah. So yeah. so that's the, the athlete ultimately is in charge, but the coach still kind of is is leading the the guide along the way Mm -hmm. so i think before we move on though i think it's important to just really point out this whole idea of that the athlete is in charge you know because as much as the coach can make a great training plan or suggest the exercises or do all these things like like you said we can't actually force people to do all this they Mm -hmm. have to have something inside of them that is making them want to do it. And that's where the motivation comes from. Right. And we've had plenty of episodes of motivation. Oh, so I just made a perfect segue. Exactly. Yeah. So this one is looking at motivation from the idea of the super inspiring motivational talk. Right. You know, I mean, we're we're the Notre Dame fans, so win one for the Gipper. I grew up with this kind of stuff. You gotta love Newt Rockney. <laughs> like, the... Was was it a little bit of a stretch of the truth? Sure, but it was a phenomenal, inspirational talk. Mm-hmm. If, and you you go through Hollywood movies, and you know whether it's it's Hoosiers Rudy. or they're they're all amazing, <laughs> inspirational stories. And usually there's a there's a coach that gives the locker room talk, and the kids are just like they will run through a brick wall at that point in time. Mm-hmm. It's it's phenomenal. The issue is how often can you actually make that setup work? Mm-hmm. You know, you watch the movie uh, Hoosiers has has a great scene, and you know, I, I remember one of my favorites. I I took a this is just a little bit of a nerdy side of me. I took a Shakespeare class when I was in high school, and there's the St. Crispin's Day speech in Henry the Fifth, the play. Mm-hmm. It's it's a phenomenal speech as they're about to head into battle, and they're like way outnumbered. And it's like, all right, we're going to totally get destroyed, but here comes the speech. Mm-hmm. And it's amazing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's so inspiring. But the question is, how often... Can you go to that super fired up, this is going to be the greatest, most ridiculous race I've ever run right, place? Right. And, do, and when do you want to use that? And when do you want to use right. that? Like, is, is that race that we just ran the time to use that? Or is that something that we save for hopefully the night before the state meet? Right. You know? So, so as I'm like, you know, we're coming back from dinner. I know that we're going to break off. I'm going to have the talk with the guy's team. And yeah. it's like, ooh. A little kumbaya. Which direction am I going to go with this? And I, I was ready for it. You know, I had this talk coming from my, you know, it hit my email of a couple different articles and they were like, oh, I could turn that into a great talk. And I was ready. And then I thought about it. And I'm like, well, our number two runner has a bum hip and it's a really hilly course. So no one's going to run on a, like amazingly fast times. Maybe I hold on to that one. Maybe mm-hmm. I keep that one in the chamber for a little bit later in the season when they need to run out of their minds. Mm-hmm. So, okay. so I pulled back. Okay. That's cool. All right. So um, you mentioned, you know, what about the, the athlete that doesn't have a coach? Mm-hmm. I think that, that most people still have something that is super inspiring. I know we've got a, we've talked about before the playlist on that we share on, on the phones. Right. It's got a few songs that you go to. Mm-hmm. Do you have that song on there? Like when you are really dying that you always hit the same song? Yeah. That's the inspirational speech. It's yeah. the song. I usually have, I have a 5K playlist and I like to start with the same song because it gets me going. And yeah. then, like you said, once you get to that point in the race, 
where you're just really tired and you need to dig deeper and find another level, then yes, I definitely have another one or two songs that can really put me into that place where I can where I'm able to push hard and I'm just like, heck yeah, it's time to yes, go. Here it is. <laughs> but you can't hit that every single hard day. No. You know, if you gotta work out on Tuesday and another on Thursday and a long run on the weekend and you kinda get that a few weeks in a row, you can't hit that like unbelievably highest level every hard workout Mm -hmm. this is the problem of athletes can't race every single practice definitely not and it's a it's a tricky thing to start introducing to to newer athletes when it's not just head out for a run every day but there's the balance of hard days and easy days Mm -hmm. how hard does hard need to be Mm -hmm. you know and I've talked with the kids on the team, like seniors that have been working for years and you give them a guideline, Hey, try and hit this rough pace on the, on the day. And they'll look at you like, can I go a little bit faster if I'm feeling good? And it, it depends on the point of the workout. Yeah. Sometimes it's fine to go a little bit faster and sometimes you don't want them to. Right. And it's like, well, no, not on this one. On this one, I, I don't want you digging quite that deep. Like on, on this day, because I know what's still coming two days from now, and I don't know the long run you got this weekend, and we're trying to stack stuff up. I can't have you like scraping the bottom today right? because we've got too much still coming. Well, both physically and mentally, and I think that's kind of what we're getting at here. You can't go to that level every day in every workout physically. You know, every workout can't be a hard workout. We have talked many times before how there needs to be easy days, medium days, hard days. There needs to be that mixture in your training. And that's both physical and mental because when you have a hard day, mentally you have to put yourself in a different place in order to sustain that pain or sustain that level of intensity you and on the other days you need that break mentally on your easy days and physically you know both both parts of you need that break yeah uh, your recovery run really can't be uh, a super hard push like your recovery run shouldn't fall into the medium days mm-hmm. you know what we're struggling with with some of these kids is they go so hard on a hard day that they're so spent that their recovery run ends up getting walking breaks mm-hmm. that they may or may not actually need on them right so it's taken a while but we're starting to get around that they're able to find like a pace on their easy days that's still easy but it's not walking it's not walking and it's not so easy compared to what their race pace is Mm -hmm. you know the 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 top kids on our team are no longer running with the number 30 runner on the team they've found a pace that is comfortable it's mentally okay it's just taken a long time to sort of get that pace to be mentally not a not a stress for them Mm -hmm. you know we've it's part of the reason why we had um keep up with coach day so many times this year yeah is you can shut the brain off. Like Mm -hmm. the workout today is just keep your eye on my back. Mm -hmm. And I've, I've thrown various paces at them and talked to them in the middle of it. So they've started to realize, wait, I can, I can handle this pace and I can still actually talk. Mm -hmm. Not a lot. Oh my God, I'm dying. Like we're not having full on conversations out there. Yeah, But they're also not gasping for air. They're not gasping for air. They can complete a sentence and they're like, wait, I, I can handle that pace. And suddenly if you can handle that pace and that's that's kind of hard. You don't have to dial it back two more minutes per mile to have your easy pace. Just mm-hmm. pull it back a little bit. Mm-hmm. So, you know, some of the best athletes I've had over the year are 
so consistent every practice that, you know, they're out there. And when you say easy pace, they just hit the same thing every time. And mm-hmm. I come up with, you know, hit this pace for the workout today and they are on it. I mean, every time they are right on it and then their workout, their races come together and it's like same time and the same time and the same time and the same time. And suddenly huge breakthrough. Mm-hmm. That's, that's just sort of building stuff up over time. Never gave the giant inspiring talk to that kid. Mm-hmm. They never had to dig so ridiculously deep emotionally. So when they finally did, when they had that breakthrough race, that wasn't a physical breakthrough. That was in that particular race, they decided, yes, this race, I'm going to gut it out harder than I've done in any practice, in any race, and suddenly huge breakthrough on the performance. But what do you think actually allowed themselves like allowed that athlete to find that new place and decide, yes, this is going to be the day where I dig deeper and find that thing. Whatever the the scenario was, because it usually doesn't happen in some minor race. Mm -hmm. It's usually some race that we've got over the season that ends with the word championship. Mm -hmm. You know, the, the JV runners on our team, almost all of them tend to PR on the last race of the season. And yes, they're getting faster as the season goes, but the time drop from like one week to the next because they know it's the final race of the season. So they're able to bring a level that they've never brought because they know this is it. This is my Mm -hmm. last race. Mm -hmm. I'm done. And so they're able to find that. So that's the time to give the talk. And I've, I've done it. I've done it to the JV kids on the line before. I'm like, Mm -hmm. this is it. You're not running tomorrow. Mm -hmm. Like, like this is is what you got. You're welcome to come out to practice if you want, but your season's done. This is your race. Right. And they're like, Oh, Oh, okay. And they, they find it. That's a good time to go for it. Okay. But talking about, us real life runners again what if there's somebody that just really loves to race because I have friends like that they have they love racing they'll race every weekend if if there is a race locally for them to to run in what 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 do those people kind of need to know what do they need to be aware of because I think like you said it's very difficult to be able to take yourself to that level every single race. And I think that racing is great. I think people that like to do the local 5Ks, 10Ks, half marathons, whatever it might be, they just have to go into it with the right mentality that every race is not going to be a PR. Yeah, I mean, I remember back when I was in high school, we used to race basically every Saturday. And then once we hit the middle of the season, we would have – a league meet every Wednesday. Mm-hmm. So we were racing like Saturday, Wednesday, Saturday, Wednesday, Saturday, Wednesday. Like it would just That's kept going. Rough. Yeah. Like, and then usually there'd be a workout in there on Mondays. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, it, it's so funny. Cause like I've, I've been thinking about that this season with our cross country kids. Now that I've been training for this 5k to try to run my fastest time. I've been training for a couple months now for, for one the, race, for this one race. And these kids are running, weekly pretty much like that is taxing not only physically but mentally to like get yourself ready for a race every single week one of the best ways to get better at raising a 5k is to race a 5k Mm -hmm. but you have to realize that not every single one of them is going to be a pr right like you can't you just can't PR at every single race week after week after week. See, that's, that's I think, one of my problems is that I do want to PR at every race that I run. That's why I only run a couple Yeah, that's throughout what, the year. Spread them out. Right? I mean, that's kind of what 
one of the answers, right? You, you have to kind of spread them out. And the same thing happens with workouts. Even if you've got like, you know, a race every couple of weeks and you've got some hard workouts in the middle, the hard workouts are good efforts and it's putting in the work, but it's not as mentally straining as, as the races. Mm -hmm. You still have to leave that little bit of something extra. You know, when, when I design a lot of the workouts for our team, they're designed based off of where the athlete currently is. Mm -hmm. And then you gently sprinkle in a few workouts based off of where the athlete wants to get mm -hmm. or where as a coach do you think the athlete can get mm -hmm. you know whether they know it yet or not it's you kind of sprinkle in a little bit of that speed yeah and i you've mean done that to me i've done that to you and you come back and you're like oh that was so brutal and i'm like i know but you still hit it because that's the ability that you can get to we mm -hmm. just have to keep working and, and that's where you're going to be able to get to yeah but and I think that if you race very frequently, like our cross-country kids or like those recreational runners that love to run every weekend, I think that you obviously learn with every race if you're paying attention, right? You can learn something every single time you run. However, that gives you, when you have that high frequency of racing, that in a way... If a race doesn't go so well, it's not that big of a deal because you've got another one that's coming up relatively soon. True. Whereas I feel like me or people that train like I do, I feel a lot of pressure now going into this 5K this weekend because, well, by the time this airs, no, by the time this is going to air on Thursday, yeah, but this before weekend. my race. So when I go into the race this weekend, I feel like there's a lot of pressure on me to achieve this goal that I set for myself because I've been training for a couple months now for this specific race. And I know that I am physically capable of this goal. Yeah. So you. Get so then if I don't get it, I'm like, okay, well, was I mentally not capable of it? You know, and I'm hoping to gosh that I don't get like a side stitch or something like that. Uh, you know, worst. that would just throw me off. And then I would be so upset because I know that I would be able to physically do that, but then something jumped in the way. Exactly. You know? So, I mean, that's that's part of the negative of, of racing rarely, mm -hmm. of picking and choosing. You're like, that's my goal race. And right. I'm, I'm putting all my... It, it's part of the whole putting your eggs and all that in, in that basket. Yeah. Like, it's I'm going for broke on that one. And if mm -hmm. that one doesn't go well, it's, it's kind of crushing. Mm -hmm. But that's what racing is. Yeah, I mean, maybe we should talk about that a little bit too because I know that's not really what we were going into with this episode. This episode is talking about how you can't really do the pep t the inspirational pep talk and you can't use the high motivating things every single time otherwise they kind of get watered down. Right, but if you're if you're racing few and far between or if you're racing constantly, then you can use those things. Yeah, if but you, what if they don't work? <laughs> well, I mean if you're racing constantly, you still have to pick certain races that like you're focused towards that one. Yeah. Like you have to pick a race that every, I don't know, 4 to 6 weeks that you're going to aim to to run your optimum at that that one because mm -hmm. if if you're racing something of of decent distance yeah you're just not going to have the greatest race day after day after day right so yeah so even if you are racing frequently then you still have to set your goal sights on a couple different races that are spread out a little bit more as 
the target for your mental focus. Yeah, I mean that's that's the safer mental physical way to do it. Mm-hmm. Is is everything can't be the race. Yeah. Well, and we started off this episode talking about the coach's role in all of this. So what do you think the coach's role actually is? Because you know, you don't want to put all of the pressure on the coach and the pep talk as that's the thing that made that athlete able to you know, hit that goal or dig that deep. The the pep talk is is less important yeah. than than what the pep talk means. Mm-hmm. You know, go into the pep talk and try whatever the the inspirational the talk is. If if the athlete can pick up from the coach that okay, he's going for it. You know, I've I have stumbled through this speech before. You know, before like the biggest race of the season, and I've gone for it, and it just. I, I left it and I'm like, that just the speech? didn't, yeah, where the speech just didn't come out right. Yeah. And it didn't matter that the speech didn't come out right because the athletes realized that that was, that was the big speech that I had. And mm-hmm. maybe, maybe I fumbled through it a little bit, mm-hmm. but it gave the athlete the sense, okay, this is the race that matters. This is the race that coach says, okay, whatever you've got, you need to bring it today. Mm-hmm. Like, and and then it goes back to our second point that it's on the athlete. It's up to the coach to sort of guide and, and help recognize which race we're aiming for, kind of hit, hit the workout so that the athlete's able to to coordinate and make sure that they're not going too hard too soon. You end up with get, with an athlete peaking way too early in the season or just mentally fizzling out by mm-hmm. the end of the season. Yeah. So the, the coach kind of helps sort of guide that and then – keep directing them towards this one. This race is the one that we're shooting for. Yeah, you like know? how you like to point out our ranking once a week pretty much, like in the district, region, state, and kind of yep. always build up everything every week towards that goal of states. Yeah, I mean, state the, championship. The, the goal of states. And, right. you know, on our boys' side, the goal is you better show up and run well at districts so that we can get to regions, mm-hmm. and then you better race like your head's on fire at regions so we have a shot at trying to get to states. Right. Like, that's the focus. And it's, like, I, didn't, I don't even mention where we're ranked in the city and the county because – that's not our focus on this season. Mm-hmm. Let's get through these races. Let's keep progressing so we see the goal that we're putting in all this work for. Mm-hmm. And we know that we can't make these athletes peak every single race. And we pretty much tell them that a lot of times. Like, it's okay. Like, you're not supposed to be peaking yet because you we, we don't want to, you to run your best time of the season at some random little meet in the middle of August or September. Yeah. You know, yeah. if you run your fastest time in the second week of the season right. and the season's, you know, 10 weeks long, that's not contributing much to the team. Well, clearly we didn't do our jobs well. And we did not do our job very well. Yeah. If you, if you're getting slower or over the course of the season, you peak too early, you went, you went for broke and you completely fizzled out and you've got nothing mentally left. Right. So these athletes that overreach, that they, if they overreach constantly, mm-hmm. then, then they're done. So um, one of the one of the great examples of this guy is an interview I, I heard with Nick Simmons, mm. who uh, I, I think we may have mentioned this before, but he said that one of the, the things that he was really known for in his training groups was underperforming in practice. Yeah, I remember you telling me about this and how everyone would just be amazed at what he would be able to do in a race because they were beating him in practice. They were beating him soundly in practice, yeah. and then he'd show up in a race and just blow by everybody. And they're like, where did that come from? He goes, well, I didn't 
didn't use it last week. Mm-hmm. I didn't use it the week before. I used it today. So he knew how to conserve. He knew how to conserve. And he knew he had dug deep enough that when he needed to find that gear, when he needed to go to that place mentally, he knew how to get there. Mm -hmm. This is the trick with some of the newer runners is you need enough real hard workouts that they can physically and mentally figure out how to get to that place. Mm -hmm. He'd figured it out. So then he was just putting in essentially a huge amount of maintenance work Mm -hmm. and being able to dig super deep when he needed to. Yeah, I have a friend that talks about that too. When we were talking about her 5K times and I was complimenting her on how fast her 5K times were, she basically said, I can put myself in a place of pain and just stay there. She fully acknowledged that that's mm-hmm. just that was her superpower is that she could just put herself mentally in that place and realize that that was going to be okay for the length of her race. Yeah, I mean, you know, it it's how racing is like yeah. it's it's not gonna feel great i you had the the varsity guys head over this weekend and watch the the race of champions yes. the fastest of the fast races yeah, at the i meet. wanted them to go watch them and they were watching the final straightaway and these kids were coming through with like blazing fast times and and i kind of leaned over i just let them watch for a little while and i leaned in and go notice which ones have a kick and which ones don't mm-hmm. and it's not which ones are physically capable of kicking which ones aren't like look at this pack coming off the turn and there were three guys from one team and one poor kid from a different team those three guys wrecked him Mm -hmm. because it was like well my teammates are right next to me let's all cross the line together and not only are we going to beat this guy we're with but all three of us are going to go get that next guy and they all went together and chased down the whole group in front of them Mm -hmm. like when they came by you know and the, the guys on the team then started trying to guess. Like, ooh, the guy on the left, he's got it. And I'm like, no, no, the guy on the right. And they're like, how do you know? I'm like, because you looked at his legs, and the guy on the left looks like he's stronger, and the mm-hmm. guy on the right looks like he's going to fall over. Mm-hmm. Look at his eyes. Look at his face, yeah. The guy on the right wants it more. Mm-hmm. The guy on the right is in excruciating pain and does not care. Mm-hmm. He has another gear. Yeah. The other guy might be running stronger, but he's already at top gear. He's in pain, and he's he is mentally accepted. This is my limit. The other guy has not accepted that yet. Mm-hmm. He's got another gear. And... 50 meters from the finish line, boom, finds it and blows him away. They're like, dang, coach, he had another gear. I'm like, yes, he did. Everybody has another gear. Everybody it's just does. a matter of whether you want to tap into it or not. Mm-hmm. That happened with one of our varsity girls. Mm-hmm. She thought she had a clear path to the finish line. Mm-hmm. And about 15 steps from the finish line, one of our little girls, <laughs> I, think it, <laughs> I think it was Riley, <laughs> almost leaps over the fence and screams, she's right behind you. Yeah, there was another runner that was coming up on her. I don't know if she was going to be caught or not. but That girl was coming up pretty She quick. was coming up quick, but there was only a few steps to the finish line. At our runner, suddenly, there was a new gear mm-hmm. because she thought she was in the clear to the finish line. And when it became apparent that... She she might not be clear to the finish line, there was another gear. Yeah. She just needed to realize it was important to find it. Mm-hmm. And the nine-year-old screaming at her did it. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, all right, then. So what what angle do we choose then? When when do we use it? When do we find that other gear? When, you know, when does it matter? So this is part of the, the relationship between athlete and coach is figuring out which workouts – 
are are the workouts to to dig super deep which mm-hmm. races are the ones where you've got to go to that place of of super pain and just stay there mm-hmm. and then you know you work on that relationship between the athlete and the coach and figure out even what angle from the for the pep talk do you want is it success for for another person is it success for a cause like are you running for something else are you running for yourself are you trying to prove to yourself that you can do something that you never thought Mm -hmm. running for your kids like whatever it is that you're trying to run for you've got to figure out what that is yeah that was a big focus of my talk with the girls um the girls team before our race this weekend. I we started this actually, I think it was last season. It might have been the year before, but def, we definitely did it last season and we talked about who they were going to dedicate their race to. And one of the tools that we used is picking one person or intention for each mile of the race so that you can dedicate your race to multiple people or multiple things. And so we went around the circle and all of the girls said their intentions out loud. They said, and a lot of them chose some member of their family, usually their parents. They wanted to do it for their parents. They usually picked themselves at, at one point and they also picked the team. Pretty much every girl picked the team mm-hmm. because they felt that the team was their family. They felt that they loved each other so much that they didn't want to let each other down. I mean, that's a huge component of, yeah. of the way that, that our girls team works mm-hmm. is they're so committed to each other. To each other. Yeah. Yeah. But it's it's funny, though, because I think that that can be a little bit of a double-edged sword in some ways. Oh, it's always. You know, because I think that they, it, it, some of them, a lot of them would put team above self. Yes. And sometimes that's good and sometimes not so much. Exactly. Sometimes they put their teammate above themselves. Exactly. And they refuse to pass their teammate. Right. They don't want to push themselves past that person because they don't want to make the other person feel bad. And I specifically told them on the line, I said, if you're feeling it today, you go. You don't worry about leaving your teammate behind you. Your te- it's your teammate's job to keep up with you. It's not your job to slow down for your teammate. That's funny because that was essentially the message that I had for the boys team because <laughs> they're so tightly packed yeah. from one through seven on the boys team mm-hmm. that it's like, I don't know who's going to be number one today. Like I have a pretty good guess who's probably going to be our number one. But if if our usual fastest runner has a slightly off day, mm-hmm. we could easily have a different number one. Mm-hmm. Like if you see your teammate out there and you're like, well, I'm not normally here. Maybe I should slow down. No. Maybe you're having a great day. Go for it. Like that was that was a lesson is anybody can bring it on any particular day. Mm-hmm. You know, and it was it was inspiring enough, but it wasn't the like, let's go for it, run through a brick wall speech. Yeah. It's funny. This I, Which actually, I really wanted to bring. I know, but you'll save it, right? You, yes. You, are you gonna you wanna talk about the one you wanna save? I've I've still got it coming, yeah. Yeah. So it's funny, when you were just talking now, it reminded me of that workout that I did a couple months ago when with my friend. So I was my friend was training for a marathon that she's running this weekend. Go Chicago runners. And she had a workout planned that was it looked kind of ridiculous on paper. I it was I think it was half mile repeats or quarters and it was a ramp up workout and it was this ladder, a, you know, an ascending ladder and I just 
looked at it or no, it was a quarter workout. That's what it was. It was a quarter workout and it was really at a pace that I thought was pretty aggressive. And there were 12 of them. And I was questioning whether or not I would be able to do it. And I asked you about it and you kind of hesitated and I said, well, which always puts worry into your mind. Right. And I'm, and you're like, well, maybe, you know, maybe you shouldn't do it. And I'm like, wait, what? You don't think it, I could? And, and you're like, well, I mean, it's going to be, it's going to be hard. It's that, that's going to be a tough one. And just the way you said it was just very unlike you. And it was almost like part of you didn't believe I could do it. And I was like, <laughs> Well, I'm gonna show him. You know, <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna show him. That's that's not cool because usually you're very very supportive. Like, yeah, you can hit that, and I'll come to you. And I say, I don't think I can hit this. And you're like, yes, you can. You're definitely able to hit that. And you kind of reassure me, and then I go out and I do it. But this time, you didn't, and it was kind of weird. And so then I had this beef. Like I had to prove it to you that I was able to do it. And so after the workout as soon as I finished the workout I said to my friend Chris I said I said ha take that Kevin see I can I did it and I came home and I told you and you're like yeah I knew you could and I'm like well then why did you say that you're like do you remember what you said to me I I can't remember the exact phrasing but in in that setup you needed to think that I had doubt you needed a reason to prove it that's it that's what you said to me you said you needed a reason inside of you to do that workout you said you couldn't have just done that for your friend. Like you could have, but you needed a reason to do that workout. Yeah. And so I gave you that reason to, cause I knew, I knew you were going to want to prove me wrong. Yeah. I mean, you the motivation on that one was, well, Kevin's an idiot. Huh? Watch this. No, not that, but you know, like, I don't like it when people tell me I can't do something. No, no, you don't like can't, no. especially when it comes from, if someone imposes, that word does not exist in our household. If someone tries to impose a can't on you, I'm mm. like, mm, I don't know if you can handle that one. Well, clearly you're going to go out and hit that. And that was the setup. Was it like a run through a brick wall? No, it was a subtle. It was much more subtle. It was so subtle. And it was real inspiring that you brought it that day. Which was hilarious because I came back and you're like, I know. I know you were going to do it. And I'm like, well, you said you you thought I couldn't. And you're like, no, I didn't. No, no, I I never said that. (laughs) I just said that so that you would do it. And I'm like, what? I said, you've never done that before. And you're like, I know. Because you can only go to that place so many times. Yeah, you're like, I can't use that one all the time. And I just started laughing. And I just, I remember just laughing hysterically. Like, I can't believe that you did that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's... it. it but you're like, I, can, I can't use it all the time. I can't. And yeah. I mean, especially with the way that the mentality of our boys team lately is, I can't bring the super inspiring talk every time. Like, it... It wears thin and it wears thin real quick. Mm-hmm. So I essentially have about one shot of it during the season. Yeah. And I got to figure out which, which race it's coming this year. Yeah. Because I've really only got one. Yeah, probably districts. Uh, it might be districts. So what is the story you're holding on to there, Kev? All right. So the one that I, I wanted it this weekend and I realized that it just wasn't the right time. Um, it's it's the story of Cortez conquering Mexico. Okay. Okay, so he rolled in with all of his ships, and he's got like a sizable army, armada with him, but was ridiculously outnumbered by the native Aztecs. Mm-hmm. And, you know, all of his men are there, and they're looking at the, the 
population they're trying to invade and they were scared mm. and he said he was trying to figure out okay how can i inspire these men who know that they're outnumbered to do it and he gave the order to sink the ships Okay. Which has now been turned into burn the ships. Mm -hmm. But he didn't. Like, the, the actual phrasing is scuttle the ships. Like, sink them. Put them to the ground. And, you know, the the men are like, what, what are we doing? And he said, if we're going home, we're going home on their ships. Mm. Like, he he made it so that there are only two options here. Right. It is, it is very binary. Is there is success failure. or death. Yeah. Those were your options. And... And they went in and, and conquered because there was no backup plan. There mm -hmm. was no safety net. Like, oh, it'll be okay because there's plan B. There is no plan B. There is success or absolute failure. And, you know, when you get to that point where, where you really need the inspiring talk, when you can put it into complete, these are your only two options. Mm -hmm. There is, you're going to do it, or you are going to die trying. Mm -hmm. That's, that's what, that, that was the lesson, mm -hmm. you know? And I mean, we've, we mentioned this one last week with, uh, with Yoda. There, there's not trying. Mm -hmm. You do it. Do or do not. There is no try. Right. That's, that's exactly what it is. There are only two options. Do it or fail. Mm -hmm. And failing means you did it as hard as you possibly could until you couldn't do it anymore. Mm -hmm. You didn't you didn't try. There wasn't a safety net. You went for broke and it either worked or it absolutely didn't. That's that's the speech I've got. Mm -hmm. There is no safety net. Mm -hmm. Go. That's interesting. It's funny because we just talked about how there's no such thing as failure. It's all just an experiment, right? We've talked about that multiple times. So it's it's all an experiment, but the way the cross country season is set up, it's the last race of the season. Right. You know, as as real life runners, you've got the next race that you can sign up for, and when, we've got seniors on the team that this this is their shot at cross country. They're not going to college and and gonna run on a cross country team again. And yeah. you know, they can go and continue racing local five k's, but it's it's got a very different feel. It's a different feel, but it, I think it's just interesting that you would choose such a binary thing like that as a story because what if they do what if they don't make it what if they don't get out of that race in the position that they want like I don't want them to necessarily think that's a failure if they went out and gave it everything they had like then we would it's, definitely have to point out how that was not a failure it, yeah it's it's a delicate yeah. talk you have to come up with it correctly but you know, to, to suggest, you know, there's, there's going for it with everything mm -hmm. you possibly can. Cause that's, that's the thrust of it mm -hmm. is it's going for it with everything you, you possibly can. And I preach this to the kids all year long. You can't finish three miles in the pace you want. If you don't hit the two mile mark in that pace, mm -hmm. like you're not going to, you know, if you're trying to hit six minute miles all the way through and you hit six and then your second one, instead of coming through at 12 minutes, comes through at 14, you're not going to magically pull out a four minute mile on your last one. Mm -hmm. Like if you're not there at two miles, you can't suddenly be there at three. Mm -hmm. Unless you're very close. If you're close, that's fine. That's different. But that's right. what I'm saying is like, it's the, it's, I've preached this all year, especially on the guy's side. Mm -hmm. You can't get to three unless you get to two in the appropriate time. Mm -hmm. And 
you know, that's that's really the push of this speech is there's no holding back of, oh, if I just stay with this guy, then in the last half mile, I'll have it. No, no. In the last half mile, it's too late. Mm -hmm. You need to go and you need to commit early and you need to get like it's going to be really painful. Mm -hmm. You know, they'll go and they kind of push sort of for the opening mile. There's no pushing sort of for the opening mile. This is it. Mm -hmm. Go. Go all in. You you have to be all in and it is going to hurt and it's going to hurt more than any race you've had before. And the funny part is if they do it correctly, then they have to do it again the next week. Ooh. <laughs> yeah, then what speech do you use? Yeah. <laughs> well, with with this team that it, it'll be interesting because this team that that next race is a celebration. Yeah. It's a painful celebration, but it's a celebration. Right, right. All right, so how do how do we wrap this all up? I mean, we've got some people out there that are probably racing the Chicago Marathon this weekend. Yeah, we do. Maybe just have a 5K that they're doing this weekend. Mm -hmm. Figure out what it is, what place you're in. Do you need to go and dig to the core? You know, if you're going for the race and you're trying to run the time of your life, you got to be prepared and you got to have that, that inspiration that you can find when it starts getting really hard. Mm -hmm. If you're going and trying to cross the finish line and enjoy the experience, go and enjoy the experience. It's a different place that you're digging to mm -hmm. on that one. Yeah. I think that's the takeaway. Right. So as the real life runner... Without a coach, what is your pep talk? What is your motivation? Is it that song? Is it trying to dedicate your running or your race to a certain person or a certain intention? You have to find that extra kick that's going to make you able to dig deep if that's where you need to go. And also realize when is a good time for you to dig deep. Find that time Find that thing that you need to help you get to that extra level. Find that extra gear. Sustain that level of pain if that's what you're going for. And use it sparingly as needed. Okay, so we've got a couple quick announcements before we go. If you are a fan of the show, if you would like some real life runner swag, if you would love to support the show, we have great exciting news that we have some shirts now available for purchase and we also have um, some rewards if you decide to become a patron and pledge a monthly amount, even a dollar, five dollars a month, whatever you're comfortable with pledging. We have that on the website now. So if you go over to realliferunnerspodcast.com and click on the top banner where it says click here to support the show it'll take you to a page that has shirts on it you can pledge a monthly amount to help support us and to help us just keep producing great content for you keep our show ad free because nobody likes those pesky advertisements in the middle of the episodes so if you want to support the show head on over to the website realliferunnerspodcast.com click on the banner at the top and you can support the show there you can also access all of our show notes there with all of the links to all the different programs that we have, all the different resources that might be helpful to you. All of that is on the webpage at realliferunnerspodcast.com. As always, thank you so much for joining us and for spending this time with us this week and every week. We appreciate you. We love you. We're here to support you. So if you have any questions, let us know and we will catch you guys next week.